Well, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. Matthew, chapter 4, verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew's brother. They were casting their nets into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And immediately, they immediately left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Brother, Amen. You may be seated. Old John was uh, changed from a fiery teenager to a fiery teacher. And he was changed by the Lord. You see, the, the, the Lord can change us. All, we, all he asks us to do is follow him. And so when he called John, uh, John was ready. And the Bible simply says, hey, he left his daddy, left his business, and followed the Lord. Um, now, the Lord didn't put out the fire uh, that was in the bones of this young'un, uh, but he harnessed it, and John put it to good use. Um, he enabled it to stop blazing out of control and to burn for the Lord in control. You see, there's one thing to be serving the Lord, but to be serving him out of control, you know, you turn, you turn people off. And so when we're serving the Lord, uh, if there's a fire burning in our bones and we've got to tell it, we'll tell it. But make sure we tell it under the authority of the Holy Spirit of God leading us in the right direction. So no matter how it comes across, if we have followed the Lord in it, it makes all the difference in the world. So as we think about John, the fiery apostle of love, he was a, a beloved of the Lord. God, uh, through the Lord Jesus, loved John. And it's very evident in the scripture uh, that he loved him very much. So we see John, first of all, as a fiery teenager. Now, many things lead us to believe that John possibly was the youngest of the apostles, uh, maybe, possibly, uh, even a teenager. When you look at the names as the way they're listed, <clears throat> um, he is listed second to James, okay? Uh, you know, like Lynn and I, when we refer to the boys, somebody said, you, you have children? Say, yeah, we have two boys, Joshua and Caleb, okay? The oldest down to the youngest. Now, you may not do that, but it, I, I mean, it's, that's the way it's been. Josh came first and then came Caleb, so we just naturally just automatically say Joshua and Caleb, and in Scripture here it says James and his brother John. So here again, we don't know, uh, but old John slipped unnoticed right into uh, <clears throat> the place where our Lord was on trial. And he witnessed this firsthand. Um, as the Bible said, he was a son of Zebedee, the brother of James, and he was a partner in the fishing business with Peter and Andrew. And that must have been exciting. And hey, that's another thing. You know, we get to heaven, naturally we want to see our father, we want to see Jesus. But you know, all these Bible characters, I can't imagine just being able to sit down with them and talk to them about what, went on on the earth. That's like these four boys that were uh, in the fishing business. Um, this John here is the author of the fourth gospel. He is also the author of the first, second, third John and the book of Revelation. This old boy was full of it. 
And he wanted to get it out. He wanted to share it. And, you know, little did he know probably, I doubt if he knew it, when, when, the, when Jesus said, hey, come follow me, he left everything and took off. No, I'm satisfied he didn't know he would become the author of the Gospel of John, neither 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and certainly not the book of Revelation. Had we, if we could know, <clears throat> let's say, if we could know where our life is going to take us, we'd probably want to back out. We do not know. You know, I, I could think back and, and uh, when, when I surrendered to preach, I had no idea what it would come to. <clears throat> I felt like, and I knew from past experience with other pastor friends, hey, they surrendered to preach, they went to school, and then, boom, they was out of here. You know, I'm not thinking, well, you know, I don't mind surrendering to you, Lord, <laughs> but I don't know about the school, and I certainly don't know about moving. But all that, God, he, he led and he blessed and he, he put things together. He put people in our path. And here again, John, let's just think about him as a, a fiery teenager. You know, hey, looking for excitement. He, he's ready. He's done seen the seas and seen all the catching the fish and, and made good money probably doing it. But here comes somebody who had magnetism about them. And when he called his name, he said, I want you to follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Hey, Nowhere in the scripture does it say he turned to his daddy and said, what do you think? You think I ought to do it? You know, we as parents, now listen carefully, we as parents sometimes hinder our young'uns and we who have grandchildren, we may hinder our grandchildren from following the Lord in full-time service. Oh, you don't want to do that. You may get sent to Africa. Well, hey, it's just on the other side of the world. So what? I mean, we sometimes I feel like we may hinder uh, our children and, and our grandchildren from following God. <clears throat> you know, like uh, in our church here, we got a wonderful children's ministry going on, okay? You don't think God's speaking to those little kids? We got a wonderful thing going on at, at Good News Club. God's speaking to those little children. Who knows? But what an, another Billy Grail may come out of the Good News Club ground. We don't know that. We don't know what, what God's going to call somebody out of this congregation from a child being raised here up to the point and say, hey, I feel like God's called me into missions and they're gone. But we as parents, I think, and, and grandparents sometimes, we hinder, we hold back because we don't want them to go. We don't want them to go. Well, we're thinking about John here. Uh, he had some wild horses within him. And they were anger, intolerance, and ambition, okay? Well, look at those three things about John. You see, he was a victim of the sin of anger. I mean, he was fiery. It didn't take much to get his, his firecracker uh, lit and uh, to explode. And, and when he, did, he, he, uh, he despised the, the Samaritans when they uh, refused Jesus from coming into their town. Now listen, this is what it said. Him and James... John probably got with James and said, hey, we need to stop this mess. He said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire and wipe them off? We'll do it. We'll call the fire down and just burn them up where you could go through there. <clears throat> Excuse me, but, but Jesus rebuked them and said, no, this is not the way we do it, boys. This is not the way we do it. The only time those guys ever saw Jesus angry was in the temple with the money changers. Only time you'll see it in Scripture where he got angry. But then he said, be angry and sin not. That's a fine line and we need to be very cautious and careful uh, when we might become like 
fiery John of uh, wanting to stir up something or clear up something. Well, he was, he was, he got angry. He was intolerable. You see, John was a victim of intolerance. He saw a man driving out demons in the name of Jesus and he rebuked him. And he told the Lord, said, he can't do that. And Jesus said, listen, he's on our side. He may not be one of the 12, but he's on our side. He was intolerant in a lot of places. He was also ambitious. Now, most serious of all, John was a victim of unholy ambition. He, he and his brother James uh, and their mother Salam got together and they went to Jesus and this is what they asked. Hey, the mother, I don't know where James uh, and John put their mother up to it or not, but the mother says to Jesus, hey, when my boys get to heaven in the kingdom, I want them on your right hand side. Can you go ahead and grant that now so they'll get settled? No, he said, that's not, that's not mine to give. And so, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, John was, he was quite a character. And uh, I'm thankful when, when I see our teenagers stepping up to the plate, taking leadership roles, hey, I'm all in favor of it and want to encourage them to keep on going. I think so many times, what if, just what if, my pastor, when I said, I, I feel like God's calling me to preach, well, you don't want to do that, man. Hey, hey I, I wouldn't touch that if I was you. That would have discouraged, right? And I may not have done it. If everybody you run into is trying to discourage you. You see, our youngins have a mind of their own. Hello? And we don't need to discount that when they come to us saying, Hey, I want to talk to you. This is what I feel God is, is telling me to do. You know, I'm, not, I'm not asking for your approval here or your disapproval. I'm asking you to pray with me, okay? And so we see um, John was especially loved. He was loved by the Lord, of course, uh, for sure. But in spite of these wild horses that uh, he had within him, uh, he was loved by the Lord several times uh, in, God's, uh, in, the, in the Bible. Uh, he is called the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he expressed that. He chose John as a member of the inner circle. And he sent John ahead also to, to, to make ready the last supper. And next, the most important of all, probably, is when Jesus hung on the cross and said, John, you see my mother? Mother, you see John? John, I want you to take care of my mother. I'm going to be gone. And I'm turning my mama over to you. My goodness, what a great responsibility he had. Well, you know, we move from him being a, a fiery teenager to being a fiery teacher. You know, he, he was quite a character, as I said. Now, uh, we can move forward some 60 years here. In the early chapters of Acts, we find John appearing uh, in association with Peter. Now, uh, in Acts 15, John passes from the New Testament and we see him more, we don't see him anymore until a decade later in the first century when we find his writings somewhere around in his 80s. We see 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and then, of course, the revelation to come along. Um, John, he fought, he fought error. Uh, one of those errors uh, that people uh, wanted to go against was the deity uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, he believed that Jesus was the Son of God. 
and he was not going to back down. No matter what they said about him, um, in fact, if you look at the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, you'll find it says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And if your Bible, when you look at 1 John, I mean, excuse me, if you look at the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, the word, Word, supposed to be capitalized. If it's not, I'd find out why. Or I'd get me another Bible, because... The word there is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the word, okay? So when you look at your Bible, and I don't care if you turn to it now, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, it should read, in the beginning was the word with a capital letter. And the word, again, capital letter, was with God. And another capital uh, word there, uh, it was God. You see, in the Gospel, John wrote, um, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, lived among us, walked with us, talked with us, ate with us. In fact, John quoted what Jesus said. He said, I and my Father are one. Now that really stirred things up. And that even fired John up even more when they would when they go against him and say, well, who is he? He's, he's blaspheming. I mean, hey, you want to fire somebody up. You say, hey, you know, Jesus wasn't really the son of God. Man, he was. He is. And you can't change it. You may differ. You may act like you can change it, but you can't. Another error that John thought was uh, uh, the humanity of Christ. We see in, in 1 John, we find which, he says, which we have heard, a word John heard him speak, which we have seen, John saw him with his eyes, which we have looked upon, and handled, listen to what it says, handled the word of God. Okay, Jesus was the word, and John, I'm satisfied, got to hug his Lord, shake his hand, sit at the table with him. In fact, in the Last Supper, Jesus had him right by his side. It's amazing. I mean, he, he said, we have looked on him, we, 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 we've touched him, we have watched him in his ministry and we've gone along with him because we know he's right and we want to follow him. For those who claim to live uh, without sin, we find, it's what John says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, he said. If we say we have not sinned, we make God out to be a liar and the truth that is Jesus is not in us. That was John's preaching and teaching. And he was, he was strong about that. You see, people, uh, they don't believe, some people don't believe in the virgin birth. Well, who don't believe that Jesus died and rose again? I mean, they are people who don't believe that. You see, uh, John would call them in the scripture. He said, hey, if you don't believe that, you'll lie. You're lying. Hey, hey, we have that opportunity, Good News Club, and, and Sandra and Holly and those who work with the little children in in, in our church family have that opportunity to, to instill in them that Jesus was God's only son. That he came, he lived, he died, he was buried, he rose, he's in heaven preparing us a place and is to come back. Not maybe, not might be, is to come back. And y'all listen, it may be sooner than we think. That's why it's so important to stay ready. To stay willing. Well, John fought error. 
when people will, will go against the Lord Jesus' teaching, hey, he fought it. Um, he fought evil in the church. Uh, it's sad to say, you know, evil does exist in the church. If people want to stir up something, oh, they'll, they'll turn different colors and everything else. Uh, listen, if we say we have fellowship, it's what John says again. If we say we have fellowship with him <clears throat> while walking in the dark, it says again, we lie. And he who says, I know him, but disobeys his commandments, John says, you're a liar. You can't keep on disobeying the uh, Ten Commandments and claim to know the Lord. You can't walk in darkness and act like you're part of the light. I mean, it doesn't work that way. What would John have to say today? Listen. For those members who come on Sunday morning and don't come back on Sunday night. I can tell you what he said. When he was out there baptizing, that one crowd showed up who so sanctimonious and what have you on Sunday morning. He said, you bunch of vipers. Who warned you of the wrath to come? Who warned you? Oh, well, we think if we, we can get baptized, we'll be right. No. Baptism does not save, okay? Baptism is an outward appearance of what's taking place in here. <clears throat> and we need to make sure that's the way, way it is. You're saved, you're baptized, you join the church, hey, you're ready to move on for the Lord. And I know we have several waiting, and I, I'm, you know, I can't wait till that Sunday uh, that we can baptize and for those who are waiting um, on baptism. Well, and also, you know, the last thing uh, about John, he, he fought evil within himself. You know, the thing about this evil, uh, okay, we're saved, all right? And we know we're going to heaven when it's all over with. But the devil is not happy with us. The devil does not attack the lost. Understand it. He's already got them. He attacks those of us who know Jesus Christ. That's who he attacks. In every, from every angle, in every manner, he attacks us. Every day, we battle sin because it's so evident. It's everywhere. And we have to stay, we must stay on guard. He, uh, John, like all Christians, uh, uh, he, he did his... Um, he did his best. And, and, and a lot of time his, his battles was behind closed doors. Behind closed doors. As he fought before he would go out into battle. You see, the battle's not in here really. The battle's out yonder. When the devil says, hey, you, you went to church last night, but just look at you. You know, I, not in this church, but... <clears throat> and the other one, a man said, I, I would, I'm not going to come up there to your church. He said, I can tell you about your members. said, uh, they out honky-tonking on Saturday night, and they show up at church on Sunday morning. He said, I don't need to be a part of that. I said, well, sir, it's like this. I can't control my members, okay? I said, I teach and I preach the Word of God, and I try to live the Word of God, and they'll answer for what they're doing, and you will answer <clears throat> for not being in God's house. Bible says, do not. In Hebrews 10, 25, do not forsake 
the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some are as you see the day approaching. What day is that? The day of the Lord when Jesus comes. And so it's so important that we, we follow uh, what God is asking us to follow. John knew what it was, he knew what it was to, to fail. But he also knew what it was to confess our sins. And here again, he gave us a great verse in 1 John 1, 9. It simply says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful, he is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. John experienced that. You and I as Christians, we have experienced that. So we must help those who are struggling with sin in their life. We must help them. Say, so look, I know how it feels. I know what you're going through. But you've got to stop. You've got to pray this prayer and let them see it, uh, you know, in, in the Word of God. The depth of, his, of, of John's holiness is seen in, in the Bible's last book, written by John, John while, while in exile on the lonely island of Patmos, taken there for the Word of God. Beaten and left for dead. In fact, if they'd have been doctors around, they would have probably pronounced him dead. But God had a better idea. He raised him up. and said, John, I want you to come up here. I want to show you things that must shortly, get that word, shortly come to pass. You say, well, hey, it's been thousands of years, okay? Hundreds of years, Okay. What does the Bible say? The Bible says one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years with the Lord is as one day. Time means nothing, but he will get around to it. What did John do when he was exiled? He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now, this simply means, listen, what it's, it means that he was reminding himself how he had been faithful to God. Lord, I've been here. I, I've, I've done my part. Now, Lord, I'm, I'm left here to die. He was praying. I believe he was looking up. And the results was the immortal book of the, of the, of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Things that must shortly come to pass. And, and the results that we have today is the last book of the Bible. The book of Revelation. Which will always be Always be the martyr's hymn book of the Christian manual for victory. We know, thank goodness, we have the whole Bible. Thank goodness, we know the outcome already. We watch football games, we root and holler, but we don't know what the final outcome's going to be until it's all over. We watch car races. Hey, the only lap that matters is the last one. The last lap. And I feel like, and we may not be, but I feel like we're in the last lap. And we need to be running for Jesus. We need to go as hard as we can go so when this is over and we get that checkered flag and we hear God in heaven say, you're safe. Home at last. Well, if tradition is right, and we, we can't say that tradition is always right, historians, uh, John is the only one of the twelve to die a natural death. The only one um, to live out his life, the Bible says, in the fullness of time. 
Um, he alone is the only one that escaped a martyr's death for his Lord. God assigned him to a plow. And I'd like to say he pulled it all the way to the wire. All the way. He didn't let up. He was ready to die for Jesus. He was ready to live for Jesus. In fact, if you think about his life, he served the Lord longer than any of the rest of them. If he started, as we think he did, as a teenage boy, he served the Lord longer than the rest of them. So I think about John, and I think about us. <clears throat> are we fighting these spiritual battles alone? If we are, that's why we're defeated constantly. You can't fight Satan alone. We must rely on the Lord Jesus to fight our battles for us. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. He, he fought the devil. If the devil would attack Jesus, you and I are nothing for the devil to attack. So, you know, we must, we must stand our ground as a Christian with our Christian faith and don't let up. You see, we, we fight off Satan's fiery darts every day as he shoots the Bible says in Psalm 11, at the upright in heart. In fact, the devil already has the bow in his hand, the string the, is pulled back, the arrow is set in the string, and if you bow hunt, you know the next thing to happen is to turn it loose and it's going to hit the target. And he shoots at the upright in heart, secretly, in the dark, behind doors. Hey, we're no match for him. That's why we need the Lord every step of the way. I forget the name of that song, Mark, each step I take leads me closer uh, to home. Well, you know, um, at Brother Johnny's funeral, Brother Ken shared the, uh, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If we're walking with him, and we're walking where he tells us to walk, you know, what do we have to fear? We don't have anything to fear. No matter what comes our way, if we're saved, we are already paid for, buddy. We are already there. God just hasn't called our name. Well, we've got to depend on the Word of God. And I thank God that, uh, you know, for these disciples who, who set the pace, who they were taught by Jesus, He left and left them in charge, and the Word got scattered and scattered and it's still being scattered and it's up to you it's up to me to scatter the word of God wherever we go and stand our ground hey we don't have anything to be ashamed of if we're saved we don't have anything to be ashamed of we don't have anything to back up for stand on the word of God and he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us father thank you for the time together thank you for John for the example he set, we thank you uh, for the books that he left us to read. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit of God that spoke to him even in his dying day. And he was raised up to see things that must shortly come to pass. Father, we love you and we thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name, amen.